35 years ago, today is when we officially had rented a building and moved into it and had our first service. So we're going to celebrate it next Sunday. And I need you guys to all be here and we'll have some guests and we'll just celebrate. And Clay already told me he was going to give some words. He had some words. And we'll just be uh, who God's called Ascension to be. And we started out like that this morning. Really with the presence of the Lord in here, even as we were praying before we got started. And that, that's the way God is. He wants to be just as real, whatever you're doing, as He is right here. We just bless you, Lord. We just bless you. <clears throat> I continue to just kind of read through the Old Testament. Wherever I stopped, I start again. The New Testament, wherever I stopped, I start again when I finished Revelation. I've started back in Matthew. So I've been reading. I finally got through Deuteronomy. Joshua's a blast to read. Now I'm in Judges, and I love it. And then this story was being preached. Dixie and Angie and I were in Switzerland to a Christian conference. And, and in this story is that day is when the Lord spoke to me about preaching. He tells Richard to be an astronaut today. He won't be any more surprised than I was that day. But um, that, that's enough history probably. But let's look at uh, Judges chapter 7. And I promise you can find yourself in this story. And I, I, we ministered last week on the Spirit-filled life. And you can find the Spirit-filled life in the Old Testament also. Because the Spirit of God, Spirit of God lives within us. In that day and time, He came special occasions upon people. David, pray for me. Just pray for us. I was going to have you and Judy do that. Father, we just lift up Gerald to you right now, Lord. Thank you for the word that he has, Lord. Thank you for your spirit that is hovering over him and in him and through him, Lord. Help our uh, our ears to be open to hear what you're saying. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <clears throat> then Jerebbabel, that is Gideon, he got his name changed in this story. And all the people who were with him let's back up chapter 6 excuse me <clears throat> the sons of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and the Lord gave them into the hands of the Midian for seven years 
The power of Midian prevailed against Israel because <clears throat> of Midian, the sons of Israel made for themselves the dens which were in the mountains and caves and strongholds. Now, the children of Israel, the people of Israel, Scripture says that's, they're the apple of God's eyes. But yet they're left their homes. They're living in caves. They're living in the mountains. They're trying to survive. They're under the rulership of another country. Facebook, I'm glad you're watching this morning. And there's a word in this for you. Anna, there's a word in this for your dad also in Sweden. For it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the sons of the east would go against them. So they would camp against them and destroy the produce of the earth. They'd leave no substance Israel as well. They'd take all their sheep, their oxen. They'd take everything they had, all their crops. <clears throat> For they would come up with their livestock and their tents, and they would come in like locusts for number. Both they and their camels were innumerable. They came into the land to devastate it. Now, I, pray, I hope you're praying for our nation. You think something could never happen to America. And Israel is the apple of his eye. And there's numerous stories through here where God would let the enemy come in and just rule over them because he'd turn from God. Now, there's a lot of salt and light of Christians in America. There's a lot, and there's a lot of people praying, we're going to see some changes. But there's a lot of unbelief. Why would God let us have an unrighteous government like we have? That's anti-God, really. So I, I guess that's what first got me started on this chapter was just so much I could see America in it. <clears throat> Verse 6, So Israel was brought very low because of Midian. And, but the sons of Israel cried to the Lord. Well, there's a lot of people crying out to the Lord for our, our country. I mean, we cry out to them. We cry out for ourselves. We cry out for our families, jobs, businesses, cities. But we need to cry out for our nation too. <clears throat> Verse 8, When they cried out, the Lord sent a prophet. And he said to them, the Lord God of Israel, I who brought you out of Egypt and brought you out of the house of slavery, I delivered you from the hands of the Egyptians, from the hands of your oppressor, and oppressed them before you and gave you the land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God, and you shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. But you have not obeyed me <clears throat> why did that come 
They didn't obey the Lord. Now, every time something happens does not necessarily mean you haven't obeyed the Lord. You can't just say that about a blanket statement. You can't look at somebody having trouble and say, I guess they've obeyed the Lord. No, that's judging. But <clears throat> this is what God said to them. <clears throat> then the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abzerite as his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the wine press. Now you can imagine that scene. I mean, that'd be kind of like bailing hay in a rock pile, you know. Because they were just trying to save something for his family. Now remember, they're living in the caves. They, they've hid out. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him. The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. When you see the word Lord, L-O-R-D, sometimes they're not all in capitals. There's different titles. They all mean God, but there's different names of God. But when they're all in capitals, I mean, that's when Dad says, yeah, you say, yes, sir. That's El Shaddai. That's Jehovah. That's Yahweh. That's the God of all gods. So this is an angel of the Lord. And then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, O mighty, valiant warrior. Now, how do you think? Think he felt like a great warrior? No, he didn't. Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers used to talk about them? Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? And now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord, now see here, this verse says the Lord looked at him. See, if, if, if that was the Lord in there, and I believe it was, that, that's, a, that's a picture, that's really Jesus as the Lord, who it is, before he became baby Jesus in the manger. That's, that's really who that is. So it, it switches back and forth. The Lord looked at him and said, Go in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? I mean, Gideon's looking around to see who's sitting behind him, you know. He said to him, O Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh. That's his tribe. I'm the youngest in my father's house. Now that's, that's blown all your excuses. I don't care if I come from Ramona. You know, I don't care what little spots you come from or what. You can't, you can't say, but God. He said, I have sent you. So uh, he, he asked the Lord, let him give him an offering, and he did that. Now let's, let's skip to verse 25. Now, on that same night, the Lord said to him, See, that's the Lord. Take your father's bull, a second bull, seven years old, pull down the altar of 
Baal, which belongs to your father, cut down another altar, that's Ashtoreth, that is worshiping a female sexual type goddess that is beside it. And build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this stronghold in an orderly manner and take a second bull offer a burnt offering with the wood of the Ashtoreth, which you've cut down. Now, when I heard that story 50 years ago, I mean, that's a great story. And as far as those altars, that was good. But it, it wasn't talked about because they didn't have the revelation we have now. Uh, of the powers, uh, th that the power that the powers of darkness actually have. And that was Baal and Astra. They were a goddess of control over that region. And God says, cut them down. Now, I don't know. You know, I thought, he didn't go tell his dad, I'm going to take him, them two oxen, those two bulls, and I'm going to butcher one of them, you know. But he said, he did it. He gathered together ten men, ten of their servants, and he did it by night because he knew they'd try to stop him during the daytime. He pulled those down. What about them? What do we think about altars? We think of some pagan thing that we'd go down and, and worship. But they can be your job. They can be your money. They can be the fame you want to have. I mean, there's just all kinds of traps we can get into. And I've probably had them in all areas and didn't realize I had them at times. It's okay to say amen. That was me too. <laughs> Come on. This has got to be audience participation now or it'll take me a long time. I mean, they've, they've got... Thank you, Dean. And, and they, they've... That strongholds have got to come down. See, and if you listen to Dutch Sheets or, or Tim Sheets, and them, they're talking about pulling down the spirit of Baal that's over America. Things like that. See, there's a stronghold that wants to hold up this city. There is. There, what do you think wants to hold you up in your life? See, there, the powers of darkness are real. Jesus totally defeated the devil, but he didn't take him out. Because if it was Mother Goose and we all lived happily ever after, we wouldn't need God as much as we need him. And things come along that really stop us, and we have to stop and kind of reprogram our priorities. And Gideon was obedient to God, and he did that. And he built an altar to God on that site. He cleansed that site by putting an altar of God there. The men of the city said, come on, whoever did that, we're going to kill him. And his father said, now, let's just let Baal defend himself. And that's when he changed his name from Gideon to Jerubbabel. His father did that. Changed his name. That's in verse uh, 32. But... Look at verse 33. <clears throat> then all the Midianites and Amalekites, the sons of the east, assembled themselves and they crossed over the camp into the valley of Jezreel. Now, <clears throat> try to get in your mind how big this group was 
The military part of it was at least 135,000. Plus, it says they had so many camels you couldn't even count them. They had to have a herd of cattle with them to, to feed on. I mean, those people, they, they marched with everything they needed. No telling how many, you talk about a ministry of helps, they had you cooks to feed 135,000 soldiers. So there, I mean, there's a lot of people. And they would just come through the land. They would devastate it. And they were just doing that annually. And verse 34 says, So the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. He blew a trumpet. And they were called to follow him. I said that a while ago. In that day and time, the Spirit of God didn't live within them like it lives within a believer now. But it said the Spirit of God would come upon them. An anointing would come. If you read about Samuel or a prophet, it said the Spirit of God would come upon them and they would prophesy or, or something. <clears throat> it came upon him. He blows the trumpet. He sends out messengers. And he's calling in an army to stand against them. But he had second thoughts. You ever had second thoughts? Lord, forgive me for being double-minded. Is that you, really? Is that you, God? Sometimes he'll answer it in an unusual way, too. So, verse 36, Gideon said to God, If you'll deliver Israel through me as you have spoken, behold, I will put out a fleece of wool on the threshing floor, if there's dew on the fleece only and it's dry on the ground, then I'll know you'll deliver Israel through me as you've spoken. So he laid out a fleece, a piece of wool. And it was so. When he arose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece, he drained the dew from the fleece, a bowl full of water. So God answered him. But Gideon said to God, Now do not get angry with me. I may speak once more. We've probably thought that. Please let me test you once more with the fleece. Let it be dry only on the fleece and let it be dew on the ground. And God did so that night for it was dry only on the fleece and dew was on the ground. Now, they were living in a time, different time than we are. You, you, you try fleecing God, you, you can get led astray. You're to be led by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God, but particularly by His Spirit. That's why we've got to know God enough to know, is that your voice? I have a lot of thoughts come through my head, and I say, that's obviously not God. Come on, don't we all? So, and it's a battle learning how to. Didn't you recognize your mom's voice, your dad's voice? I mean, you could hear them in a crowd. I tell these preachers that don't want to get to churches together. I said, those shepherds could put a thousand sheep together and each shepherd could walk off and call and his sheep would come to him. I said, you could put all the churches in Skytook and they'd all, your people would know your voice. 
God wants us to know his voice. I believe I heard that this morning when I said that, Lord, I want to fulfill whatever you've got for me. And he said, it's, he said more than you know. It's more than you know that he's got for you. He's got the hairs. He, can, he knows how many hairs on your head. He knows you. Don't worry about the fleeces. Worry about hearing the voice of the Lord. That's why we've got to know him. We've got to know his word. There's so many people they talk about, everybody you talk about just almost confesses to know the Lord. But he's not working in their lives. And he, listen, he loves his kids. I love my family. I love this family. God created a family. Lord, we bless you. Chapter 7 now. Jerebbabel, that is Gideon, all who were with him rose early in the morning. They camped by the springs of Harod. And the camp of the Midian was on the north side of them, on the hill of Morah in the valley. Now, he's gathered his troops there on one side of the mountain. There's these 135 Amalekites and Midians on the other side. He's done a good job gathering an army. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people who, God is funny. The people who are with you are too many for me to give Midian into their hands for Israel would be boastful saying my own power has done it. God wants all the glory, all the credit. The first time <clears throat> Dixie and I left the traditional church here in town, probably late November, sometime in November probably, of 88, and we met with 14 people at the community center where I was in a basket my, one of my brothers, my dad was there. There's seven family and 14 of us total. But this one lady said something about part of a verse. And I said, I know what that verse is. It's in Revelations chapter 3. It's the church of Philadelphia where it says, you've got an open door. And we've taken that as a prophetic word. He said, you have a little power, but there's an open door and no man can shut it. And God's been faithful to that all these years. And I, I still believe that word. But God wants to do it where he gets the credit. We can't say, look what I've done. No, look what he's done for us. See, <clears throat> it's allowing the whole, learning to here God is learning to allow the Holy Spirit to have his way through your life. And he can't do that if you don't know him. And he wants us to know him. But Gideon, you've got too many. I think he had a sinking spell. Now, therefore, come, proclaiming the hearing of people, whoever is afraid and trembling, let him return and depart from Mount Gilead, and 22,000 people left. They left him with 10,000. Those 10,000 were what Mama Dix called out a while ago. They put their dukes up. You know, they, they was ready to fight. The rest of them went home. 
I'm telling you, that's a picture of the body of Christ. That's two-thirds. I mean, there is a war going on over your family. There's a war going over your finances, your health, all these areas. There's a battle for us to draw into God. I, I wish I could wake up feeling like Superman every morning, you know. But you, you've got to get fed on the Word. Then the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. He said, are you kidding? No, I mean, I've added that, but... <laughs> Bring them down to the water and I'll test them. I mean, God gives the test. It's just not up to us, Jeff. It's not up to us. Therefore it shall be that he of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, he shall go with you, but every one of them I say to you, this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. What if he said that to you about your friends? I mean, there's just people I can't hang out with. I mean, I'm not too good to talk to anybody, but to just stay and, and, and listen to the, the mob sometime or the, just friends, whether they're just negative or against the country or just... You know, that stuff gets off on you. He, he separated them. He separated them. So he brought the people down to the water and Gideon said, separate everyone who laps the water with his tongue as a dog laps as well as everyone who kneels down to drink. Though the number of those who lapped putting their hands to their mouth was 300 men, but the rest of the people kneeled to drink. I bet he thought, I'm just losing 300. <clears throat> and the Lord said to Gideon, I will deliver you with the 300 men who lapped and will give the Midianites into your hands, so let all the other people go each to his house. But the key in that verse is, the Lord said, I will. It's not us planning, okay, here's what we're going to do without hearing the mind of the Lord, Richie. When we hear what God says, he says, I will deliver you with these men. <coughs> So the 300 men took the people's provisions and their trumpets in their hands and Gideon sent all the others away, kept the 300. Now, in that same night, the Lord said to Gideon, it's the Lord again, Arise, go down to the camp. I've given it into your hands. But if you're afraid, and you can know God and be led by Him, and yet that fear wants to come on us and hold us up, Go with pure your servant down to the camp and you'll hear what they say. So uh, verse 12, the Midians and Amalekites, some of the east were lying in the valley, numerous as the locusts, their camels were without number, as numerous as the sand of the seashore. And Gideon came and behold, a man was relating a dream to his friend and he said, Behold, I had a dream. A loaf of barley bread was tumbling into the camp of Midian, and it came to the tent and struck it, so it fell, and it turned upside down, and the tent lay flat. 
His friend relied to him. That is nothing less. That was a guy giving a prophetic word. The enemy giving a prophetic word. That's nothing less than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. God has given Midian and all the camp into his hand. And what a sign, huh? Gideon heard that account of the dream and its interpretation. He bowed and worshiped the Lord, returned to his camp. Arise, for the Lord has given the camp of Midian into your hands. But you think about <clears throat> how big an area, how many acres? Jess, you can tell me here in a minute. How many acres would it take to host that army just to camp out? 135 people, 135,000 people. Maybe they didn't all ride camels. Maybe some of them had to walk. Maybe there was just 50,000 camels. How many acres would that take for 50,000 horses just to gather up? I mean, you can think about what a huge thing this is. But these 300, we're going to surround them and get them. That's what God said. Little is much when it's in God's hand. But see, he's got a promise from God. We go in hope. And hope's good. But there's a difference in hope and a promise. A promise is a promise. A promise is as good when you get it as it is the end result. You've just got to stand in hope and faith believing for that time to come. It's a process. It's a process. Lord, you're so good. You're so good. Now I want you to see this army. Verse 16. He divided the 300 men into three companies. And he put a trumpet and an empty pitcher in their hands with torches inside the pitchers. Now, get this pictures. Some kind of a big pitcher that you could hold on that had a torch on the inside that you couldn't see. And a trumpet in your right hand. And you're going to have three groups and you're going to surround this whole thing. I think that'd be several acres. I mean, you want to think about it just like sound in this, this center section. No, it's miles around it. So Rob and his torch is not just right next to me. No, we might be spread out quite a ways. I mean, when you think about that, they had to, to surround that. But Gideon did. He said, look at me and do what I did. And there, every leader has got to be about what he wants everybody else to be also. It's not do as I say, not do as I do. He was their example. He set the example for him. 17. Look at me and do likewise. Behold, when I come to the outskirts of the camp, do as I do. And when all who are with me blow the trumpet, then you also blow the trumpet all around the camp and say, for the Lord and for Gideon. Now, you got both hands full. You got a trumpet in your right hand. 
That's your testimony. That's your words. What you speak out come true more than we believe, whether your words are good or bad. The sword of the Spirit, that's the light that's inside of you that's wanting to break out. It's wanting, it's wanting to break out. <clears throat> Where's my bow and arrow? Where's my sword? No, just take those. We're leaving our weapons. We're taking these, and we're going to surround them. See, the battle's the Lord's. I mean, when you think about that, I mean, I've read that story for years, but I really just thought about this, this time of how you just, you're just out there. And that's the way life is. It's just you and God, and if he don't come through, you're sunk. That's true. You may have to believe God. My mentor said, in his dying years he said I'm at the place and it's good because I have to believe God to even get me out of bed of the morning I mean to be physically able to we've got to believe him we've got to believe him my mentor went through I think probably seven years of being sick by different plagues or curses or something and finally, when he found the seventh doctor on the seventh floor of a building, he got some help. Something like that was his story. But you're, you're not on your own, but it's just you and God's what I'm saying. I can't call David and these guys and say, hey, come help me. I can't say, Sisters, pray for me. I need a word from God. I can say that, but I still got to have the word from God. Nobody else can do it for you. And that's where he wants us to trust him. And sometimes you've got you've to go in faith. You've got to step out in it. It's, it's our time. That's what we were going through some issues where we were 35 years ago. And I told Dixie, I said, if we're ever going to do this, it's now or in 10 years, I wish I would have. And it'll be too late. God didn't say, yes, Gerald, this is your assignment in life. Go do it. I mean, we're, we'd love that. <clears throat> Where's faith in that? And you know the rest of the story, whatever it is, up to date. That's what he told them. Verse 19, Gideon and the 100 men who were with him came to the outskirts of the camp and beginning of the middle watch. Now, anybody else here ever in the military? Gary was, Rob was. You ever walk guard duty? Now, I, I, wasn't, I was in the military, but I wasn't in war. But I remember walking, walking guard duty. And I knew they'd put me out there and there wasn't anybody around. Of course, they'd tell you, we're going to come back and catch you if you're asleep or something. You know, they threatened you, right? But he said, right in the middle of the watch. I mean, you just come on guard duty. You know, you're out there and everything that creaks, you're thinking you're caught or it's the enemy or something. I mean, God knew how to set that up. But he knows how to set it up in your life. <clears throat> 
But it's, are you going to trust him? I, I love that. Remind me of guard duty. I went to sleep once on guard duty, but I didn't get caught. There was a porch swing there, you know, and I was just out there by myself and for four hours. And I finally sat down. I'm glad I woke up before they come back. They just posted the watch. They blew the trumpets. That's your testimony. They smashed the pitchers that were in their hands. Smashing that picture, picture is a picture of the old life dying and letting the light of Jesus live through you. And that, that's the hardest thing to Christian life is say no to number one, self. Let the light of God shine. See, that spirit smashing that trumpet that light shines is the Holy Spirit having His way in your life. That's what that is. He wants to have His way. Scripture says He is jealous for you because He's got a plan and purpose. The three companies blew the trumpets, broke the pitchers. They held their torches in their left hand, trumpets in their right hands for blowing, and cried, The sword of the Lord of Gideon. Each man in his place around the camp and all the enemy ran. Can you imagine them waking up and as far as they could see? There was lights out around them. And they could hear these trumpets. And I promise you, those Hebrews were blowing those trumpets. <laughs> the Lord set the sword of one against another, even throughout the whole army. And the army fled. 23, the men of Israel were summoned from other places to come and help. They get 120,000 of them died right there. 120,000. 15,000 got away. You know what they did? They went after them. They went after them. There's a verse in chapter 8, and I love it. It says, Gideon and his 300 men who were with him came to the Jordan, crossed over, weary and yet pursuing. Weary and yet pursuing. There's... Listen, this, it's a battle in life and sometimes it gets weary. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. It, it's up to Him. The battle's His. The battle is to let Jesus do in your life what He wants to do. The Son of God coming into your life to live His life. That's the Holy Spirit living His life through you. You are not equipped. Of course, you've got to be born again. If you've never been born again, your destiny is hell. We sang about one of those songs about that this morning. But for Christians, we have to be filled with His Spirit. We have to let the Spirit of God fill us. That's breaking that picture and letting the light shine. Then your trumpet sound will be different than it was in the old life. And you'll have the Spirit of God to lead you and guide you. And that does not mean you'll never have another problem or issue. It says in this world you will have tribulation. There's things, lines are drawn. Things happen. 
But I, I just challenge you with this message. Where, where are you at? Maybe you're Gideon. Maybe you're hid out wondering how you're going to make it. Many are in this nation wondering how they're going to make it. Average car payment now, they say, is seven, eight hundred a month. Richard, I heard one man, I don't know who it was, told someone in my conversation I had yesterday with my brothers. He said, in a year or two, I don't know, a few years, I don't know how anyone will be able to afford air conditioning in a home. It's going to get so expensive. I mean, it's not just that. It's everything. But you've got to believe God for but if you're his, listen, I always took care of my family. God takes care of his. But if you're not connected to him, if you're, if you're a prodigal off out there somewhere, he, he's not taking care of you because you're not connected. You still belong to him, but it's his will for us to be filled with his spirit. But Gideon was doing everything he knew just to try to survive for his family. And God just happened to choose him the most le leastly likely person in Israel, probably. At least in his own eyes, to be the one that led. I had a friend lives down in eastern Oklahoma and he, he worked several guys on a road crew. And they drove mules and pulled a grader and worked the roads and he kept a team of guys, a group of guys working. And they said, who's the boss? He said, that little ugly one. He said, I make him the boss. The littlest one on the group, I make him the boss. I think that's what God did. He picked one they thought didn't fit. I mean, in his own estimation of himself was he was a nobody. But see, Scripture says not many mighty are called. That's hope for all of us. Come on, let's stand up. Facebook, this applies to you. Wherever you're at, whatever your need is, God's calling you out of hiding. He's calling you into the army that he wants you to be a part of. A part of God's 300. We're all the same. We're all in that. We're in a battle of life. But Jesus Christ, the crucified one, has paid the price and he's cheering us on. He is praying for us this morning. And I just challenge you, whatever the issue is, whatever the idol is, an idol is a sin issue. If you know there's a sin issue in your life, that separates you and God. And you need to get that straight. You can come to the altars this morning if you want someone to pray for you. Someone will help you. If you've never been born again, someone will help you. Come into the kingdom of God. God loves everybody, but He hates sin. He, he wants to take care of His. He wants to bless you more. But we've got to deal with our stuff. Listen. It's closer than you think. Life's a happening pretty quick. It was just the other day we had that first meeting down there, but it's 35 years. Where'd it go? Zoom. It's gone. Who is Jesus to you? 
or are you filled with his spirit? See, if you're not, that's sin for a Christian not to be filled with the Spirit of God because it's a command. This is the will of God. Be filled with the Spirit. It's a sin not to be filled with the Spirit and be led by God. That's not a suggestion. This is the will of God. Lord, we just bless you. I bless everyone that's here. Just come. There's some things God's dealing with this morning. You've got to fulfill your call in life. And it takes Jesus to do that. Lord, we bless you. We bless you, Lord. Just come deal with it this morning. The prodigal came home. Regardless of what the sin is, there's forgiveness. If you put it under the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus covers us. He paid for our sins. But yet when we sin, we've got to come back and get it right with him. Can you sing in the middle of the storm? <clears throat> He's the king of all kings. He has chosen you to live in this day and time. I've told you before, I never had a dream, I never had a thought about being the one standing up giving the message. But God, but God, but God, I'm going to tell you, God's moving. And I'm thankful we've always had men that would come and pray. Men that would repent. We don't outgrow repentance. We've got to have a repentant heart where we easily say, God, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Let's go again. and We're all good again. You'll never fulfill what God wants to do without getting to know Him. Has fear lost its hold on you? Somebody give Him praise. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy. Just don't leave this morning carrying around some guilt, condemnation, or shame that God wants to set you free from. The Spirit of God is here to minister to those needs this morning. Well, I praise God for these. joy when you fall into temptation 
God will separate you from some. Some will separate from you. Lord, we bless you. We bless you. But you go on. Your faith in the person of Jesus Christ. Lord, come in a greater way. Just come. Somebody come get saved. Somebody. Lord, minister to every need this morning. Every need, Lord. We can all find our place in Gideon. Whether it's being fearful or just trying to make it on our own as he was to support his family. Lord, we've been in the family, a place where we wanted to test you. Lord, just come. Dixie's wanting to pray for somebody that needs to be healed. By faith. Let's believe for Alan's need. Dixie said, hadn't we prayed for that before? That's okay. I praise God for Alan's persistence. Amen. God is for...
God speaks in various ways in that story that I told you when God spoke to me out of that story. The man that was preaching said at the end of the service today, I want you to stand up and tell what God said to you. I had a hard time doing that. I didn't tell him all. I just told him I was going to do what God told me. God speaks in your language. What did he talk to Peter about? Fishing. To me, during that service, it was to me like I saw a branding iron. Only it had words, a word on it. And it said, preach. I finally stood up and said, I'll do what he says. Because that was, wasn't on my scale. I, we were over there because we'd been filled with his spirit and we're growing in the Lord. But there's always some of those buts that God just says, what's next? Why don't somebody say what God said to you this morning? Thank you, Jeff. Come on. Anyone else? Ruby? That army that was against Israel is our army today that's against us. And we're not facing a truck driving down over our children. We have to get them out of the street. We're sending them into a hurricane every day. Your wives, your husbands, your aunts, your uncles, your children. They're going into a hurricane. But what did Jesus say? He said, I'm the one that calms the storm. So our trust... We need to say every day, I trust in you, Jesus. I trust in you. Because he's the only one that can calm this mess, this storm, this hurricane that's coming at us. 24 is going to be full of battles. We're going to have peace in our hearts if we're trusting in Jesus. But we're facing a hurricane every day. And it's not going to go away until we trust in Jesus and call on him. It was like the disciples in the boat. They said, wake up, don't you know we're drowning? And Jesus just said, peace be still. And that's what we need to have in our hearts and our minds every day. Amen.
mentioned this when we had a New Year's Eve party with David and Judy, but this lines up um, just in God having us trust in Him and the Holy Spirit. One night um, before the end of the year, I got up in the middle of the night to go to the restroom, and I always pray for protection and everything before I go to sleep and stuff, and a spirit pushed me, like almost trying to knock me down, and all I said was, God, take this from me. And the spirit was gone, and you know, then I claimed Jesus' blood all over my apartment, over David and Judy's house and property, and it's never happened again, but I was not afraid. I, and I'm a scaredy cat. <laughs> I am not a brave warrior, but by God. And the Holy Spirit just gave me that peace of, okay, Terry, you know what to do with this evil spirit that just tried to knock you down. So be encouraged. Trust in the Holy Spirit because, um, Terry, years ago, I would have been scared to death. <laughs> but, but God, so trust in him. There's a spirit called the Night Stalker of the night that does things like that. Don't forget Wednesday night. Seven, say 7 o'clock. Okay. Any other word? Amen. He's worthy of all praise. Come on, let's give him praise. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for meeting with us, Lord. Lord, this is you. We offer it back up to you as an offering. I speak blessings over the people. I love you and bless you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Be praying about next Sunday. Pray for Wednesday night.